We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, if you've been listening to this show for the last bunch of years and you're in awe of the hammer, get in line, because so are a lot of other people. I mean, when you consider, John, and beat the hammer, you know, 35 losses, I mean, it doesn't sound great. Like if you had, uh, you know, 70 total competitions, you'd be average. But when you've had uh, 208 wins and only 35 losses, that is where the awe comes from. And and I recognize Mm. it. Believe me, I, I uh, I don't blame you for being in awe of me. And uh, with that, uh, we, uh, we're going to play as we uh, – let me say this. We have a $50 Visa gift card. Look, if I'm going to go out on the mid show, I'm going to go out haughty hammer. As you should. As I absolutely should. It's the only way to be. $50 Visa gift card on the line today. Let's play a little game we call Beat the Hammer. Beat the Hammer. It's time for Beat the Hammer on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Hey, uh, Richie, uh, with the move to the morning show on Monday and specifically next Friday. By the way, next Friday, 745. All Fridays, 745. That's when Beat the Hammer will occur. Remind me, John, if I forget next week, uh, that it's best when the Hammer talks in the third person about himself because obviously – that's the kind of greatness uh, that has existed for these last uh, six or so years. Chris in Wilmington. Chris, you're talking to the Hammer. What's going on, Joe? Must be an honor for you to talk to the Hammer, Chris. I mean, I've done it before. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, how'd you do, man? Talk to me. Yeah, we, we went to OT last time. Uh, so you, you were hyperventilating a little bit after that. So okay. We'll see. Fair enough. Well, it sounds like you are a, uh, a, a worthy foe. Chris, I'm going to uh, just George Jefferson my way to the soundproof booth. I wish you I good luck that. in your loss. Wow. <laughs> we'll see wow. about that. This is good. Wow. He, yeah, he is Jefferson. He has amped up the Jeffersoning. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an aggressive know, wow, one. It is, it's so over the top. I, and once again, I forgot to film it. Yeah. Bad, bad Richie, job by me. Dude. That was he should be humiliated. Yeah, because it's for what ridiculous he's doing looking. right now. Yeah, it's ridiculous it, looking. Um, remind me, please remind me to video that. All right, Chris, he is safely the hammer is safely ensconced in the soundproof booth. Are you ready to play beat the hammer? Absolutely. All right, our category for the week. Shout out to my wife, Emily Seltzer. She finally got one. The category is. The Midday Show. The Midday Show started in October of 2016. So every category, it is not what you think. It is sports. But everything, every question has to do with the six-plus years that we have been on the Midday Show. You ready to roll, sir? So every when I say in the history of the show or since our show started, I'm talking about since October 2016. Are you ready to roll, sir? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Five questions. The clock will start after the first question is asked. 55 seconds. Here we go. Question number one. The Sixers have beaten four teams in a playoff series during the history of our show. Name two of them. Oh, crap. Um, I will say Atlanta and Boston. How many postseason games have the Eagles won since our show started? The Flyers have had five head coaches since the show started. Name two of them. Uh, Lane Vigneault and um, uh, 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 Yeo. Y-E-O. Yeah. 
Only two Phillies have played over 500 games since the show started. Name one of them. Uh, Reese Hoskins. In the four major sports, is it time done? Richie, I see you over there. Okay. Did that last question get in before? Yes, the last question was in. Okay. All right. So we got two. I saw Richie grabbing for his thing in the mic, and I figured time was (laughs) done. All right, Chris, two's not bad. Two's not bad. You got a chance. We're going to put you on hold. We're going to wave the hammer back in. Oh, man. You know, my phone is not audible any longer. That's I put a, shame. a case on my phone. Oh, no. And now it's playing and it's not audible. Okay. Uh, so I'll well, just have to say time. You'll say time. Yeah. That'll work. Just let us know. Do we have a controversy? No. no. I, I, he didn't have the time thing. His thing didn't make any noise and I could see it was done. So no. I kind of oh. stopped yeah. while he was going. Ob- obviously, if I lose, this game will be under protest. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I couldn't mean, get time. Let's nothing. <laughs> By the way, James, when is the last time, speaking of sports trivia, protest? that a protest in baseball actually worked? Oh, that's a great question. Like, ice game's under protest! So, I believe when George, George, Brett. George Brett, right? Yeah, it's the only one I can think of. <laughs> like George Brett, yeah. John, when he hit that home run in 83, they got to like get back to that point. Like, the, the, I think the American League was like, no, that was the wrong call we by the Yanks. got this wrong. Yeah, they got this wrong. I believe yep. that's correct. All right. Uh, Chris in Wilmington, how did he do? You ready to roll here? Not as good as I'm probably about to do. Yeah, buddy. All right. We better do good. Category for the week. Again, shout out to Emily. The Midday Show. Well, don't I have an advantage in that over the audience? it is sports. It is every question has to do with uh, what has happened in the six plus years we've done The Midday Show. So starting in October 2024, or October 2016 till now. It encompasses Can I just time. say, sure. the category is not the midday show. The it's category the, is Philadelphia Sports since October 24th, It sure is, buddy. I was trying to, you know, make oh, okay. it sound good and oh, all that. Okay, make yeah. it fun. The yeah. last one. Okay. But, yeah, the t- everything's that's happened while we were on the midday Fair show. enough. Pretty Fair good, enough. right? Yep. All right, you ready to roll? Very good. Yep, let's Okay, go. here we go. Uh, question number one. Clock will start as soon as the first question is asked. Question number one. The Sixers have beaten four teams in a playoff series during the history of our show. Name two of them. Wizards and Heat. How many postseason games have the Eagles won since our show started? Hmm. Uh, I'm going to count on air. This is not my final answer until I tell you it is. 2017, one, two, three. This year, one, two. The answer is five. Wow. The Flyers had five head coaches since the show started. Name two of them. Uh, well, that would be Hackstall, and that would be – it's funny. Baruby went through my name. My name is my answer. Uh, Hackstall and and well the the current guy um, uh, Tortorella. Only two Phillies players have played over 500 games since our show started. Name one of them. Hoskins. In the four major sports, there were seven top ten draft picks in the history of our show. Name two of them. Fulton Moniak. Time. I was getting all screwed up on all those years in there. What happened? A three-two win. Wow, wow! All right, so uh, so the, it was tricky because a lot of those picks happened right around when our yeah. show started. So I'll give you the list. It was so it would be Fultz, Fultz, uh, Mikael Bridges technically counted okay. as one. So top ten, you said? Top ten. Yep. Nolan Patrick. Yep. Uh, Cutter Gauthier, which I didn't expect uh-huh. to get, but just one of them. Uh, Adam Hazley and Alec Bohm were the two Phillies ones. Yeah. Bohm gettable, and then of course Demonte. Yeah, where it was so tricky was there were so many notable ones, but they were right either before our show started or, or like at, Simmons. Right ben before. went right yep. through my mind, and I'm like, I think he was before we started. You missed the yeah. uh, double doinking. It was six playoffs. Six. Mm-hmm. All right, but stop. Yeah, still another victory. I mean, yet another. I mean, I mean, really. I mean, and I'm just going to take this to 7:45 next Friday, obviously. And by the way, record carries over. So I enter Friday of next week with an official record, while there's been 35 losses, 209 victories, which I agree with you is is astounding and outstanding. Astounding and outstanding. John, say it after me. Astounding and outstanding. Seltzer, astounding and outstanding. Let's see if Chris wants to say it. Chris, no one here has taken the baton, but I'm going to give you the chance. Chris, it's astounding and outstanding. Go ahead, Chris. I want to say congratulations and uh, good luck to your on your move to the morning show. Thank yeah. you, Chris. Classy, what a Chris. Classy competitor. Chris, you're a fine, fine, fine individual. Not fine enough though for me to award the fifty dollars Visa gift card to you though, Chris, because I have I haven't a, gotten either of my other two. So it's fine. <laughs> Neither of the other. Two I have a very specific type of person in mind. 
for the for the Visa gift card. Chris, thanks today for playing Pete the Hammer and listening to the show. We appreciate it, buddy. You got it. Yeah, all right, this track, Visa Chris. gift card will go to, and you can only call. This is the honor system. This is the <laughs> yeah, honor I'm system. I'm sure people will follow this. On the uh, contest line, we'll take uh, caller number five. Only call if you have rooted for the hammer through I knew the this, years. I knew you were going to say Because that. today's victory is dedicated to the 1% amongst you that is rooted for me. Caller number five, you're only eligible if you rooted for me. At 215, what's the phone number, James? 988-1258. <laughs> Caller <laughs> number five. It feels, it feels right. And, Richie, now that Pizza Hammer in the midday show is done, with a total victory of 209, only 35 losses. Again, it moves to 745 Friday of next week and all Fridays thereafter. John, like if I were, let's say, Jim Gray, and I'm Jim Gray and I'm interviewing you, John Ritchie, what has it been like to sit next to the hammer and experience this incredible outstandingness these last many years? Uh, I, you have the highest estimation of your own experience. Uh, and it's not high enough. Quote, excellence uh, <laughs> during Beat the Hammer. <laughs> I thought today was a marginal performance. It was. You, you it squeaked was. by. I did. So I, for it, what it's worth, we have uh, a guy who's want, works in this building and has long wanted to challenge you, said to me, tell the hammer if he doesn't go five for five today, <laughs> it's a massive disappointment. <laughs> well, so for that guy, I'm throwing that out. Yeah, for that guy, too bad. Uh, go, as I've been saying this week about certain topics, go pound sand. And with that, <laughs> beat the hammer. We shut it down. Beat the Hammer on Sports Radio 94 WIP. And I will say this. um, When Jim Gardner retired, and actually not the ultimate retirement, but when he retired um, from the 11 o'clock newscast about a year ago, I did something I had never done before. I got up. I was home by myself. I got up out of my seat and gave Jim Gardner, in a room by myself, a standing ovation in honor of – greatness of the magnitude of the beat to hammer in the last six and a half years. I will again give myself a standing ovation and I will welcome all of you who are not driving right now throughout the Delaware Valley to stand and salute the hammer with a standing yeah, ovation. Yeah, I'm the one who deserves a standing ovation. <laughs> oh, Fritz! Fritz is doing it! Oh, no. Jack, Fritz! Jack, sit down! Yeah, Jack, sit down! Yes. Give me a standing ovation! Jack. Thousands of questions Jack over Fritz. here. I get nothing. Oh, and he's saluting you. Let's turn Fritz's microphone Fritz has done a great service to Delaware Valley. Let's find out Fritz. Can we get that microphone? Are you getting into this? Great job. Great job. It's an impressive run. Thank oh, I didn't get to see the greats like Jordan growing up. Right. You know, I, Tiger was at the end. You know, but seeing true greatness in his form really means a lot. I don't disagree with Fritz. All right. All right. Joe DeCamera, you are officially a jackass. <laughs> all right. Joe DeCamera, John Reshey. Thanks to all the losers in the last 208 or 9 or 10 or whatever we're up to. I appreciate all you guys. Thanks to all the losers. Uh, you guys rock. Loser. Losing. All right, we come back with more, including audio from yesterday's press conference. We'll talk to Elliot Shore Parks at 1245. I do salute Seltzer. It's been a lot of questions. Better keep them coming. I have because, you know, we got many more years of Pizza Hammer to come. 745 on Fridays from now on. Uh, coming back with more on 94 WIP. So... I will say this, uh, and then we'll get right to the phones. The one thing I am apprehensive about with the mood of the morning show is when the hammer wins and, you know, hammer is hammer. I mean, there are going to be some people that have not listened to us before, you know, because it's earlier in the day. Not everyone can listen around the clock. And there's going to be some people who are like, that guy's really arrogant. Yeah. And, you know, that'll be a shame for them to, to be wrong. Because it's not that I'm arrogant. It's just You're that really I'm really doing a lot to dissuade Well, it's just that, that I'm going to sports trivia. And I, I can't I can't deny it. True. I mean, what, 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 you know, John, like, why would I? Like, Michael Inauthentic, Jordan. Authentic, right? Yeah, Michael Jordan would dunk and stick his tongue out. I mean, all I do is dunk and, you know, tell you I won. I mean, that would be an idea. The tongue <laughs> wag. Oh, I like that. doesn't work in radio. radio yeah. <laughs> it works better on a poster. Uh, it's not a radio thing. Uh-huh. Let's, <laughs> uh, let's go to the phones. I'm just playing around, everybody. Not really. Not at all, actually. Let's go to the phones. Uh, let's. Uh, we're going to get to some audio of the segment. We played audio from yesterday's press conference on stuff related to the game. But the Eagles also have some decisions to make. They've got what it's going to be a really interesting offseason that we'll be all about talking about and things that Howie and Sirianni said on, on that front. Uh, we'll get to that this segment. Also, Elliot Shore Parks at 1245 uh, with us. All right, Drew in Westchester. Hi, Drew. Hey, guys. 
Before I get into my eagle points, I just wanted to uh, thank all three of you. Uh, you know, I started off as a Times Yours caller because I was a little nervous to talk live on the air. And the first time I actually called you guys up in 2017, I was like, I don't know what I was so nervous about. These guys are so cool. You guys have done just, you know, a great job always making the caller um, feel like a part of the show. And I hope you won't mind me occasionally cheating on you guys by calling Giulio and Hugh. I told Seltzer I typically have a lot of work calls in the mornings. But my Fridays are always free, so I will make sure to call you guys on Fridays. And Sounds I wish good. you guys the best of luck going into next week. Thanks, pal. All good. Thanks. Thank Drew. you. Of course. Uh, and as far as the Eagles go, I had a thought on the Sirianni fourth down decision. But uh, one other point uh, first, Joe, I've heard you talking a lot about kind of Eagles Chiefs uh, week one uh, for next year. And I, ha I have a couple of thoughts there. One, the Chiefs also do play the uh, Bills and the Bengals at home. So I think mm. there's a chance it's that game. And I don't want to sound like a whiny 49ers fan, but if I'm Jeffrey Lurie, I'm complaining to Roger a little bit about that. If that is the game, because it would be our fourth straight season opening on the road, which is a lot in a row. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it, may, it might be a little unusual. I don't, you know, in the end, I don't think it, that really matters. I don't think, I don't know if the league sort of tries to eye that up when they put the schedule together. Your point about those other two great teams, though, that they're going to play, that is interesting. I didn't know that. So, you know, they'd be uh, marquee matchups as well. Yeah, I do think there's a chance with the Burrowhead angle and all, they take the uh, they take the Bengals. Um, as, far, as far as the fourth and three uh, goes, I do think it was a mistake by Sirianni. You know, where I'm at is I think the punt return is getting talked about a little too much because I almost feel like Sipos could have pinned them inside their own 10. And I think the way Mahomes was playing and our defense was playing, the Chiefs still would have scored. So well, I think the reward of getting it was just a lot higher than the risk there. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to see him go for it. Drew, give me a great memorable ending in honor of Angelo. And it was such a spectacular ending today. Give me a memorable ending. Yes, uh, shout out to Angelo, of course. And my answer is uh, Cal Stanford, the band wow. is out on the field. What a great answer. That could win. That could win. Uh -huh. That, really? I'm not. That, I'm sorry, that's John. Awful. <laughs> no, I mean, sorry, buddy. But that's a great. For those answer. who that's don't not know, that's a great ending. John went to Stanford. Great. We're saying memorable ending. Yeah, that is damn memorable. Yeah, sorry over there, uh, Stanford tree guy. What's up? Part with of the why it's so thing? memorable is it's replayed constantly. Yeah, like the Tuck Rule game. How many times have I seen that game after <laughs> the fact? It's on every year, five hundred times. Just like that play is, brought, yeah. it's it's always on. You got to admit, John, late '80s, early '90s, before you were at Stanford, you were like, oh, "That's that's kind of cool." Yeah, uh, Richie's not know. denying it. I don't think I don't think I would have thought that was cool. All right, Seltzer, the losing quarterback in that game was who? I was on the phone. What was what game? The was losing that? quarterback, Cal Stanford. Oh, is it Elway? It is Elway. Yeah, I thought so. Well done. All right, let's get to some audio. We'll, we'll later in the segment we'll play audio related to the off season. But let's. It was just referenced by our last caller. The decision by Sirianni to punt the ball in fourth and three. I thought it was a mistake. Um, I was shocked yesterday when he essentially said he didn't even, didn't even dawn on him to consider going for it. Hadn't even dawned on him until he was prepped for the press conference. Found that very weird. Uh, reminder, it was fourth and three. The Eagles were down at the time 28-27. to 27. Eagles had the ball at their, um, at their own 32-yard line. There was 10 minutes and 33 seconds remaining in the game. They punt it. I, I thought in the moment it was a mistake. Here's Sirianni asked about it yesterday. Um, yeah, I think if um, – I know I've been aggressive all year going for it. I really trust our guys in, in scenarios. I think fourth and three on your own 30 – what was it? 33. Yeah, I think you get 32 out of 32 NFL coaches saying they punt that ball every time. 32 out of 32. Um, I, I don't – hey, if I had known they were going to return it to the four in, the, in, the, in hindsight, I think – I think I would, and you know, obviously I would have went for it there, um, but no regrets there on that. Um, that is not my thought process right there. And to be quite quite honest, with you, it, it depends on the score. But we were in a one point game, um, and like if we were down two scores, then of course um, you're going to go for it there in that scenario. But in a one point game. That's never even in, I, you know what, and until I was prepped for this question, because Bob does a really good job, as you guys know, um, I, yeah, I never, it didn't really even come, come to my mind. Um, the other one. Uh, there he is. So that's the answer to that question. I, I was surprised. I mean, I thought it was at the very least something to consider. Uh, 
I don't find it surprising at all. And I think his uh, his outlook, hey, we're, it's a point, a one-point game. And basically, if you turn the ball over on fourth and three. I know. Not fourth and one. I know. Fourth and three. He, he had a feel for the fact that that defense, the Kansas City defense, was figuring things out. They had the right call at the right time for everything we were running at that point in the game. Getting constant pressure on Jalen when he threw it and stopping the run when we tried to keep it on the ground. You don't turn the ball over and give them automatic points. That's essentially at the 32 yard oh, line. Oh, yeah, if you don't you're get You're giving it. away a field goal, yep. which then makes it impossible to even tie the game if you get field goal production out of your offense. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy that this is being second guessed as much as it is. So I'll say this I do think most coaches would punt. I think more. going to go for it. I, did I think that's part of why it's so frustrating to us because all season long he's made these decisions. He did it in the, in the yeah. Niners game. Now this he one would be very bold. Very this bold. This is bold. I very mean I am not I mean man, it, it just I, I'm shocked again to your point like him not going for it like okay, like I can at least like get that but the fact that it never crossed his mind that he never thought about going for it is yeah. crazy. And hadn't thought of it since? That's what I mean. It's I found crazy, that very crazy, strange. Crazy. I right, let's go to Bridget right now. Hi Bridget. Hey, guys. I'm so happy that I won. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah, okay. I'm going to give you a most memorable ending. Yep. The end of Carrie. John, have yeah. you seen it? Carrie. Yeah, I know. I heard her say I you haven't seen it. Carrie? No. you never seen Carrie? I really? You've never even like, heard of the end of Carrie? It's like a very famous ending. All right, let's... Tar and feather me. Sorry, I Close. haven't seen the end the of Carrie. The blood. Okay. John, I have to give you a list of movies that you missed. It's a long list. Trust me. I know. <laughs> and Joe, congratulations on beating the hammer. Well, I am the hammer. I want yeah, and not beating the hammer, being the hammer and winning. Oh, and being the, the hammer. hammer. Yeah. Okay. okay. I agree. With okay. You. No, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. Congratulated yourself on being the hammer. Well, she said in beating the hammer is what it sounded like, and I wanted to clarify, you know, because mm. I can have a whole whole other thing going there. I'm really going to oh. miss this midday show, guys. It, I'm going to do my best to get up, but I don't get up until 8, so. All right, well, you know, well, listen. we got two hours there. That ain't bad. Yeah, yeah, plus, yeah. plus a reminder, Bridget, for you and everyone, you can listen back on the app. Oh, okay. Well, the get tip. the Odyssey app. You can listen to us on the app. You can just hit that rewind feature thing, and then bang, you're at 6 a.m. Okay, good. Yeah, because I, I, I really miss my hometown of Philly, and you guys have been, you know, you got me hyped up for the, for the Eagles game. We're getting through this hump, and, you know, it just makes me feel like I'm at home again. Well, I, I'm glad, Good. Bridget. And your calls, I know you only started calling recently, but your calls are phenomenal. Keep them coming when you can. Thank and you. And I got, uh, the, no, I, no, I may have to come up there and rest for you guys because you guys don't agree on everything. <laughs> yeah, well, you're not That's kidding. True. Bridget, stay well. Talk to us <laughs> okay, next week. Thanks, Bridget. All right, let's get to some more audio from yesterday and the press conference because there was a lot of stuff discussed. Now, to be clear, I mean, I wish the press conference went on for three hours. I think the questions could have gone on for three hours. But eventually they kind of moved from the game, the Super Bowl, to other elements, including the coaching search, offensive coordinator, which a lot of people say it's going to be Brian Johnson, defensive coordinator, which seems less reported with regard to who it'll be. Um, good question here by Ruben Frank in the press conference. Let's listen to this. We'll react. Here's Ruben. Nick, no, no matter who the new offensive coordinator, whether it's Brian or someone else, Will you continue to not call? Will you have that guy call the plays? Do you like the setup? I do. I do. It really it does help me manage the, the game better, in my opinion. Uh, it helps me interact with the players more, um, you know, um, on the sideline, right? And, you know, it helps me be able to discuss something that, you know, that, you know, with somebody upstairs um, to get on the defensive headset when the offense is up, vice versa, um, you know, and – so, I, I yes, that will be my intent um, to let the next offense coordinator call the game. Um, and, again, I feel like we've seen benefits from that. Again, I just feel like my ability to manage the game, um, 
I feel like I do a better job managing the game when I don't have the, and, you know, and some guys do it and they didn't, and they do a great job of it. And I'm highly impressed by that. It's for me, that's what works is this and, and I'll continue doing it that way. Um, that's the plan. I like that answer. Jen, were you surprised? And do you like it? I don't. I don't like it because I thought we were getting a guy who could be that uh, the next young, you know, precocious mind calling great plays. Talking about Nick. Nick. Yeah, yeah. you think he's not that. He's not that. And and I think this is an acknowledgement. Uh, now, on the one hand, of course, it worked great this year. It's hard to say, hey, you should change what just got you to a Super Bowl. And you were the most dominant offense in the NFL for a majority of the season. But, you know, deep down, uh, it's surprising to me that Nick Sirianni would not want to call the plays. I, I mean, maybe he does, but the way that they're, uh, you know, packaging this is that he's uh, saying, hey, we're going to stick with what works. I'm okay with that part. I wish he was dying to call plays. So, you know, this is a, this is a strange one because um, do I wish he was exceptional at it? Yes. Do I know that he is? I don't know that he is, but I don't know that he's not. I know he struggled initially last year. Doesn't mean he couldn't do it. I do appreciate a coach that wants to have a feel for the game, which I generally think Sirianni has a great feel for. But I think he had a bad feel for it in the Super Bowl. It also gets a little weird as far as recruiting the next guy. And look, it's probably going to be an in-house candidate. Um, it, It really elevates that guy's power. Maybe makes him less likely to be kept if the Eagles have success because an opposing owner and general manager will say, let's go get that guy. He's been calling plays in Philly. Mm-hmm. So it gets a little, you might be less likely to retain someone who's good because that guy's got experience and he's proved it. And another organization will want to have it. Speaking of proving it, Jalen Hurts has certainly proved it more from yesterday's press conference because the Jalen contract thing is going to be a major offseason talking point. Not that he doesn't deserve it, but you do have to consider how much is too much to give to him. And who, once you give them the money, can you keep and who can you not keep and how do you prioritize that? A couple of questions yesterday about the Hertz contract reality. Just sticking with Jalen, I actually have one for you, Howie. Um, you know, he's been, I know it's been a while, right? He's, uh, he's eligible for a contract extension this offseason. How motivated is the organization to secure his future with the team long term? Yeah, I think um, obviously we want to keep our, our best players here for the long term, and um, he's certainly one of our best players. So, um, that's some um, we'll, we'll keep all the contract talks internal, but um, we definitely would like to keep Jalen Hurts here long term. There's, there's a sense out there, I guess, that the Jalen contract will prohibit you guys from keeping other key pieces. What's your confidence level that you'll be able to, maybe not everybody that you want, but that you'll be able to keep the core intact even with a Jalen contract? Yeah, I think I think we have uh, obviously a large number of free agents um, that we knew going in, and I think um, when we looked at this team, and we always look at this team over not just this year, but over a period of time, uh, we knew we needed to get additional picks. It's one of the reasons that we made the trade last year was to make sure that we had picks going forward. And um, even though maybe we don't have the the amount of picks this year, we have a bunch of high picks, and then. Um, next year, we're, we're going to have a tremendous amount of picks. You know, uh, We already have two additional picks from uh, two trades that we made. And um, just by the sheer number of the free agents, we're going to have comp picks next year. I mean, it, even if we signed a bunch of our guys, we are going to have comp picks next year. So um, I think we go into it with that, understanding that it's going to be impossible to keep every single person on this team. But, um, you know, we're here to compete. You know, I think that you know, a lot of times I, I've heard this week, you know, we'll be back, you know, just because we say it doesn't mean it. we got to make that happen. And um, I take great pride in, in trying to do my part. Interesting answer, I thought, because I'll say this. I respect it. It's, I think it's true. It's authentic. It's, he's not sugarcoating anything. I, to me, that was a general manager, John, that knows he's going to lose some good players. And he was very willing to share that with the Delaware Valley without saying yeah. we're going to lose some good players. What he was saying is, we're going to lose some good players. Well, the fact that he was leaning into yes. the, hey, the draft picks, yes. we feel like we've set ourselves up with some of the trades to have, uh, you know, higher draft picks uh, in some spots. And the comp picks, he's leaning into comp picks. Yeah. What he's saying is those players are going to be depended upon, like a lot of these free agent names. We talked about it, 18 or 19 guys, 12 of them starters might not be back. And and how do you fill those holes when you pay a quarterback fifty million dollars yep. a year? Make no bones about it; it will be more 
than whatever the highest is right now. And the highest right now is 50.2 average per year. Yeah. That's Aaron Rodgers. Listen. Russell Wilson is $49 million a year. The way this works, it always works this way. The next guy is the highest paid guy. Jalen will be paid more than $50 million a year. And what Howie's saying is we have to fill the holes that we can't fill because we're out of money with young, cheap, high draft picks, and in some cases, later round picks, who we're just going to have to try to bring along as fast as possible. Well, Twitter poll question of the day, which Eagles free agent do you most want the birds to keep? We've got four choices here. We could have had 25, but Twitter only allows us four. Bradbury, Gardner Johnson, BG, Javon Hargrave. I mean, Seltzer, do you agree that was Howie Roseman talking in code to say, don't expect it all, don't expect even close to it all? I do, I, but I, I was encouraged, though, in the sense that, that it does feel like they have a plan. You know, the fact that they have stockpiled draft picks, the, yeah. the fact they were thinking ahead with this and whatnot, that, like, you know, I do think they have a plan for how they're going to go about this. And to his point, and I appreciate him saying it, they have to execute that plan. They have to make it work. But I am at least some – because we all knew they were going to lose, guys. I'm at least yeah. hopeful hearing that sounding like they have been ready for this for a while. Well, I'll say this. Think about how yeah. unready they are for this, though. Think about the sense? fact that – think of the rookies that we've seen in yeah. recent memory. The rookies that have played. I mean, I can think of Corey Clement having a major impact. I mean, name other – okay, Devontae Smith had a major impact as a rookie. We don't play – rookies so you're saying, very yeah. often right. the plan has been you fill those holes with veteran players yeah. free agent players that that aren't homegrown guys we don't lean into rookies well here. no you're right as far and as now in the what are we year. saying you got 12 starters yeah many of whom you won't be able to resign right does that mean all of a sudden we we have to change the direction well, the the approach of this offense this organization's approach yep. which is rookies the adage in the NFL is for every rookie you start you lose one game do you sacrifice that game this season is him saying hey everyone's saying we're going to get back there but we can't just say that we have to do it is that him setting a an expectation for all of us. Well, I do think he was setting an expectation. A I'll, low I'll say this. The plan, the planning, as we were talking about two minutes ago about the planning, the planning in many ways started last year. This is where it's going to be so critical, John. Jordan Davis. Yeah, Kobe Jordan Dean, Davis was our rookie who I was know. out there this year. I, How much did he, he contribute? He was bad. Realistically. No, he was bad. He was bad. And do they think he can contribute next season more than the 20 plays they allowed him per game this year as our fifth best right. or sixth best detail? Well, do me do me this favor, John. Rank these three guys your your sense of their future. Three dudes. Jordan Davis, N'Kobe Dean, and who's the backup center guy? Jurgens? Yeah, Cam Jurgens would probably be one. Yep. Uh, who's two? I... I I need to see more. I know. I mean, like, Nicobe Dean, what did we see this year? We saw him run around on special teams and make some plays here and there, play late in games when the starters were seated. And, you know, he made some plays out there. Yeah, but I was but not Jordan that Davis, impressed. I, look, I, I think Nicobe Dean has a much higher ceiling than what he was able to show this year. He might. But there was a reason he was held back. What is that? Well, I, Do that, we know more about – we don't know enough. We don't know enough, but at least you had a – I thought a really good player and a couple there at linebackers in front of him. The Jordan Davis thing bothers me more because that's a rotational position where a guy should get ample opportunity over 17 games, in this case 20 games, to prove your worth. He missed well, he was, a couple. Yeah, missed. He missed a couple. But he had enough opportunity to show you that the guy can give you something for the future. And I was – I was very disappointed with his performance. Elliot Sure Parks will join us coming up in about five minutes. Let's go to JB in Chestnut Hill right now. Hi, JB. Hey, guys. Great show. Great ending. Um, fantastic. Uh, you guys obviously will have a different group of people, different audience in the morning. I think you guys will flourish and be fantastic. Thanks. John, Thanks, you know, John's got a, a – no, of course. John's got a, a ton of incredible knowledge. Here's one for you, John. Do you know – that there's enough graphite in one pencil to draw a line 35 miles long, which is the length of the Golden Gate Bridge. Well, the no. Golden Gate Bridge is 35 Gate Bridge miles. Isn't 35 yeah, miles. It's, it's, miles. I think it's two to three, two to three past. I'm sorry, it's 35 miles in one pencil. Wow, That's you can amazing. draw a straight line. That's how much graphite's in in one pencil. That's. 
That's a lot of graphite. JB, as delivering, as delivering messages go, you kind of fumbled that one. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I mean, that. it's like, I, I think it's fascinating. Know, hey, what are we doing here? job. And I'm not the uh, master debater that you are, you know, the master debater that you are uh, in, in, in this discussion. How, how was that delivered, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. I think it didn't make the air is what I think. Yeah, so I don't let's think that one made let's the proceed air. forward, you, J.B. You're fantastic at debating things. Go right? ahead. Go ahead. Anyway, proceed. I, 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 think, I think Hargraves is actually more important because of exactly what you are just talking about. Yeah. Jordan Davis is a 20-play guy, and, and we know big guys don't get – historically don't get faster, and they don't like, – obviously they don't get younger. So his 20 plays a game, if, what's he going to peak at? Or 20 – you know what I mean, like 30? Like where where is his, his uh, actually – yeah, you know, what he's giving to this team. So we, that means we saw his limits too in the Super yeah. Bowl when he was in there to stop the run and they threw it instead. He he were he wasn't making the plays that needed to be made out there. And Fletcher Cox, like, are we really bringing him back? So you've got a hole at one right. starting spot. Do you really want to have a hole at both starting D tackles by not re-signing Javon Hargrave? I can't imagine they would yeah. do that. Javon Hargraves is a must. Cox is probably gone for money and for age. And Jordan Davis, if you look at last drive in the Super Bowl, he gap control. He was supposed to be the space eater that took away A and B or A or B gap, and he got pushed around on a not a very large double team action. Like mm-hmm. he like he didn't even attempt. Like John, I know I'm you know speaking to the choir here, but like he didn't make even an attempt to like drop a shoulder or even like even half root hog the hole to just kill it mm-hmm. on any running situation. He literally, he was a giant who got pushed around. Yeah. And he, I know he, he, str- he struggled whatever. this year. JB, give me, give me a memorable ending. How about, I don't, has anyone said the, probably the greatest ending in Eagles history besides the Super Bowl, which would be the uh, miracle of the metal ends? You know, it had not been said, and it's a very, very good answer. Yeah, I mean, if we're going back to 78 with that one, of course, a couple different, but that's, you know, cons- you know that's the miracle in the Meadowlands, and that's a terrific answer. Let's go to our buddy Black Gritty right now. Hi, Black Gritty. Man, look, yesterday I told you what the coach was going to say. I was right. You were wrong, Hammer. How about that, okay? Just to refresh and remind you. Secondly, I appreciate Jack- you pointing that out. Jack Jack Nolo out here saluting you. This man doesn't even believe in Will Chamberlain's 100. I don't trust nothing he's got to say about the hammer salutitude, okay? The only one to be getting saluted is the coach, James Baby Mama Seltzer, for putting this travesty on for you for half a decade, okay? And then on top of that, you are like Jordan. You know how you like Jordan? With the Wizards during the COVID year when you couldn't get any other social hammers right. You were like two for 32. We don't forget Jordan, all right? That's the only close thing you get to Jordan, right? You had a failed season. We all saw. We all remembered, okay? You are the hammer. Okay, okay look, we just fumbled at Christmas time, too. Oh, we ain't forgetting, hammer. We got here bumping your desk and bumping your gum. Just remember, you taking these L's, too, brother. We know. We can have a social one once a month just to see how you know about the world, okay? All right, I'm watching you, Joe. I'm watching. I might have listened on audio. I said, I ain't going to get up to one listening. But I'm watching. I got my eye on you. You're fake, Jordan. And yes, sit down. Don't you ever do that again. Embarrass yourself on national radio. I can't stand it. Uh, also, Angelo did a great job today. I he mean, did. that's how you sign off. Boy, I t- when I tell you, you got little feet and big shoes to show, boy, I'm telling you, brother. Boy, <laughs> that man, that man put up a massive. You're on a roll. You're on a roll today, man. You're when you roll. keep your mouth shut, I'm always. On All right, Blackbeard, I want to ask you. I want to ask you a question because <laughs> I'm now I'm, I'm done keeping my mouth shut at least for about the next seven <laughs> hey! seconds. Black Ready, I want what you happened? to tell me um, five days after the game, where's your heart at with the Eagles? Um, Lost so- with the loss. I, I still wake up. I still wake up. The first thing on my mind. It's it's sad that it's like that. Um, it it the way we lost the game is really hurting me. Like because we shouldn't have lost that game. And again, the coach. I know Richie. I know what you're saying. But on third and two or third and three, he should have mushed that ball and then mushed it again. Yeah, you don't he pass the ball if that's yeah. the case. So that's why the whole thing leads into it for me because I'm like Doug wouldn't have done that when he said 32 or 32. Nah, dude. Doug Peterson's back in the league. So I, I, I got I got seven more days of being upset. I I, I seven out there. It's gonna seven. take me two weeks. Dude, I got my daughter like, knows. Got like fifty my more years. Asked me for nothing. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I, Black Ritty, give me hurt. give me an answer for a memorable ending in honor of Angelo and a great ending today. Uh, six cents. I yeah, yeah. six cents. Sure, that's that's a good answer right there. No question. Speaking of uh, answers, answers happened yesterday between Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman. The questions from our next guest, Elliot Shore Parks, has chronicled the Eagles season the whole way. He'll be doing next season as well, and hopefully the next couple decades here with us on WIP. Elliot with us one final time in the Midday Show. Hello, Elliot. 
Hey, what's going on, guys? Really, uh, really cool day to be on your show, I got to say. Like, there's nice. a lot of days that are cool to be on WIP, but to be on the final day where you get your final victory in the midday show, I mean, it's just, you know, it's a story. I'm excited to, uh, to, to be on for it. Well, it is sort of like, you know, the guy that hands, you know, the champagne to Jordan in the locker room. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> Yeah. Rich is looking at me like, all right, Joe, knock it off. <laughs> Elliot, let's get to it here, bud. Um, the answer by Nick Sirianni that not only did he not think about going for it on fourth and three, but even for a couple days after the game, it didn't dawn on him. I mean, he didn't say that, yeah. but that's, I think, the implication when he said Bob Lang, you know, prepared him for the questions. Were you surprised that that hadn't gone through his mind? Yeah, and, and I think it's it, it was a really disappointing answer uh, for a couple reasons. One, the fact that he didn't even consider it, I think, is it, you know, it's the wrong way to go about that. Like, I would have gone for it if I were him. But his logic by saying 32 out of 32 head coaches wouldn't have gone for it, that, to me, was the most disappointing part. Like, Nick Sirianni got that team in the Super Bowl by being a different head coach, by doing things his way, by not doing things the other 31 head coaches would do. So he's right that maybe 31 other coaches wouldn't, would have punted it. I don't think he is. But even if he's right about that, you don't make decisions based off what other people would do. You make up decisions based off how you've coached the team. And all year, I mean, in the Packers game, he went for it on fourth and one with them trailing. Uh, now, I know it's, a, you know, it's fourth one. and three, not fourth and one. But but he did it from his own 35-yard line. Like, he has shown that he is willing to go for it in his own territory on fourth down. So I thought it was a chance to be a special head coach right there, and I thought he punted that chance away. And it, it's definitely disappointing to see how he handled it. Fourth and one is so different from fourth and three, though. Uh, it is, but, but but the logic is but but like the logic is the same. You either believe your team can get get it or not. And I think the offense. Now look, that, at that point of the game, they weren't playing great. But I think in the Super Bowl, with the offense having you carried there, if two yards is going to be the difference between you believing in your team and not believing in your team, like then then that's why they lost, right? I mean, we can talk about the defense, what blah blah blah. I think a big part of the reason they lost is because of how the game was coached, and I think that decision yeah. right there was part of it. Elliot, well, th- look, speaking of the the way the game was coached, on that third and two, when yeah. when the, the it was a play action protection, and you left an unblocked backer just to to flush Jalen Hurts, that is a mistake from from at some level from understanding how to protect or understanding the right guy in that look. Yeah. It was a failure on third down. There's no question about well, that. When, when I went back and watched the game and I watched that play, I actually thought of you right away because he gets pressure in his face and you look and all the receivers still have their backs. Yes. Like there's no, there's no option for him to get rid of that quickly. Yeah. So he has to spin out. And I thought the play calling in general on that uh, drive was disappointing. I mean, they target Zach Pascal uh, on a snap there. Like, it's yeah. the most important seri- season uh, series of the of the season, and you're targeting Zach Pascal. Like, I, so I thought right. in general um, the play calling was wasn't great in that sequence. So, how surprised are you that it seems Sirianni doesn't want the play calling now that you know he, Shane Steichen is gone? Yeah, I, I'm not really surprised by it. I mean, we we saw it works for him, right? And I mean, look, he did call the plays last year, and it's clearly something he either a wasn't good at or b didn't enjoy. And I, I think that at the end of the day. You know, if he was uh, if he was a defensive head coach, right, and he, and they constantly had to bring in new offensive guys, that would be a problem. That would be something I, you know I would be on here saying this is this is not good for the franchise. But the bottom line is, even though he doesn't call the plays, he builds the offense. He comes up with the plays that they'll pick from in certain situations. I mean, it isn't like he's not involved. And even with the play calling, Shane, or well, you know, it was Shane Steich, and now it'll probably be Brian Johnson. You know, he's picking from four or five plays that they've decided on through the week work in, against that defense in that situation. And Sirianni's very involved in that. So mm-hmm. ultimately, I'm okay with him not calling plays. I think it made the team better. I think it made him a better head coach. Ironically, not in the Super Bowl. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not surprised he's not going back. To Elliot, the decision by Howie to present his commentary about the field the way he did just hey you know both teams played on the same field both teams played on the same field he was asked twice do you think Eagles fans will be disappointed by that answer do you think it was the appropriate answer by Howie and do you think he meant it I don't think he meant it no Uh, I think that my guess is internally they are probably frustrated like Eagles fans are uh, about that field but I think it was the right answer to give for two reasons. One, I know, I know there's, there's some argument to pandering towards the fan base. I get that. You've made that point. I think there's some truth to it. But ultimately, it just doesn't 
benefit the team to get up there and act like they had this game stolen from them. Because here's the other thing about that answer. He's right. Like, he is right. Both teams played on that field. I know that now it's become this thing where Eagles fans had it, like, robbed from them. No, they didn't. The Eagles lost that game because the Chiefs were the better team. Like, it is what it is, right? The field, maybe it did a play 5%, maybe, right? But ultimately, the Chiefs played on that field, the Chiefs played a better game, and the Chiefs won. So I thought one benefit of that press conference yesterday, and I think they did a good job of it, was it felt like it was putting the putting the season behind them, moving on to 2023. That's something that they struggled with in 2017 to 2018. So I, while I get fans want to hear the thing about the field, I thought it was important for Howie to get up there and say what he said and just you know end it, like stop talking about it. Hey, so Jonathan Gannon, uh, how realistic is it that he discovered after the Super Bowl that he was potentially up for the Cardinals' job? I, that that seems so odd to me. Impossible. The way he yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems impossible. I agree with you. And also, for what it's worth, it makes the Cardinals look really bad. Like, so you, you interviewed this guy one time, and you set it up the night after the game, and then you hire him less than 24 hours later. I mean, that seems – you know, if the Eagles did something like that, I think we would all agree that's like a flawed system about sure. going to get your I thought, game. Elliot, I thought the same thing. <laughs> I thought, yeah. yep. So, so ultimately, I mean, look, I, I, I don't think that uh, the – the coaches struggled because of the interviews or whatever. I just, I don't, but no, I mean, of course. Was that him trying to frame it so that Philadelphia would, would be less upset? Maybe. I I just think that his focus was on the game, right? Like there's no way he had no idea that this was coming. There's just no way. So, so I I think that um, the end of the day, you know, I know people are happy to see him gone. I I think it's a, it's a loss for the team. I think it's going to be really, really hard and difficult to replace him. But, um, yeah, no, I think he probably had an idea. Elliot, tell me if this is uh, something you interpret as likely accurate. Brian John- They know Brian Johnson's going to be the offensive coordinator. They don't know as of this moment who the defensive coordinator will be. Yes or no? Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think that there is a good chance – there is a, uh, a, like a decent chance it will be Denard Wilson. But I think there's a difference. I think they know it's going to be Brian Johnson. I think they are open to looking around for different mm-hmm. defensive coordinator uh, jobs or, or candidates. So, yeah, I, I think that's an accurate statement. Elliot, when do we hear from these guys next? Howie and Nick, is it the combine? Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be the combine, which is crazy, crazy enough, is in like two weeks um, or less than that now, I think. So, yeah, uh, they'll, they'll talk again at the combine, and um, after that it'll be the owners' meetings. But – Sad reality, you know, I, I heard Black Gritty say this, but, like, you do wake up every day and just it's hard to believe it's actually over. And, and it is the off season now. So, yeah, we're not going to be hearing from them as much. Which free agents will the Eagles prioritize? It's a great question. I mean, like, uh, based on what they believe in, you would think that Javon Hargrave would be really high up on that list. He's a defensive tackle. He's a pass-rushing defensive tackle. They're thin at that position. I mean, if you look at where – like Fletcher Cox is a free agent. Uh, Javon Hargrave is a free agent. Obviously Sue and Linval Joseph are free agents. Like they're losing almost everybody at that position. And Jordan Davis clearly was not, you know, <laughs> a helpful player this year. So you would think Javon Hargrave, but I actually think it'll end up maybe being Cha- uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Um, hmm. He's so important to that, to that secondary. They have Reed Blankenship. So maybe that'll factor things, but uh, I would think Javon or uh, Chauncey will be near the top of the list. Does Fletcher Cox think he's coming back? And let me and let me yeah to John's question. Let me add on to it, Elliot. W- was this past year Fletcher's Fletcher? You've been a great Eagle. We're giving you this year. We're going to pay you for this year, but don't expect another one of these. Or does he still get another one of those? Like Fletcher, because you're going in the Eagles Hall of Fame. We're going to give you another freebie of a big salary. Yeah. So to me, Fletcher seems like the one most likely to test the market and like truly entertain leaving. Um. But again, what I just said about Hargrave, you know, I know Fletcher Cox is, he's not the player he used to be to a certain degree, but like he is still an important player on the team and they're incredibly thin at that position. So if they re-sign him, I don't think it'll be, you know, oh, this this will make the Hall of Fame story better when you go to the Eagles Hall of Fame one day. It'll be, they need, they need him on the roster. Again, like I can't stress enough, when you talk about how good that defensive line was this year, they are losing the, the middle of it, like completely. Like, so they have to bring some guys back or they're going to have to spend big money to, to replace those guys. Does 2017 into 2018, meaning the depletion of the roster, not that it was a dramatic drop-off in 18, they just happened to have a ton of injuries, but then 19 yeah. and 20, it was a disastrous downslide. Does that work significantly against Brandon Graham to stay here? 
No, because I, I – and, and what I, I mean think, is that how we admit it, they held on to players too long that they right. should have moved on from their older. Yeah, no, I don't think so because I just don't think Brandon Graham is going to get as much money out on the free agency market as many, many people think. I mean, he's older. He's a situational pass rusher. He's a rotational defensive end. Like, I think his money won't be that big. And, again, when you talk about, like, the 2017 to 2018 thing – this team, that, that team relied on those older players more. This team is not going to be relying on those older players. Even if Brandon Graham's back, he's only going to play 35% of the snaps or whatever it is, right? So mm-hmm. ultimately, I, I, I think that how Howie handled that after 2017, I think he'll take some lessons from it. And I think there is a benefit to not just completely running it back. But I don't think in Brandon Graham's case, it'll, it'll factor in him not coming back. Elliot, exceptional job from you these last many years uh, with us in the Midday Show. For everyone listening that's enjoyed Elliot's work, even though you probably didn't, initially like him because he was right about Carson Wentz and a lot of people were wrong and Elliot Yumi and Jillio will stand tall forever um on that one uh Elliot will be with us every single Tuesday morning year round at 7 45 a.m so a very prime spot in the morning show and we look forward to that uh, Elliot for many years to come yep you guys are going to absolutely crush it I couldn't think of anyone better qualified to go do this the relationships you have with the callers how fun you make a show so i cannot wait to uh to listen excited to be a part of it thanks pal stay well elliot we'll talk to you next week man. all right there he is elliot shore parks all right up ahead we've got a drop of the week that's coming up uh probably in about 15 minutes or so i think seltzer might have cooked seltzer you cook something up here i might have I could tell you were doing something. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I could just tell you had something up your sleeve. I have something up my sleeve. So I what that is, is that fair thing? To say. Well, we'll find out in about 15 minutes. One fifteen, let's say. one fifteen drop of the week. And it's sad. We don't have any more picks to make, John. No more NFL picks. It's a bummer, man. 26 weeks from now or so, we'll start making NFL picks. Oh, by the way, I officially won, so I'm up 4-3 to three on John through the seasons. It's a big one. Uh, I needed this one because I'd lost three in a row, which is a disgrace to lose Richie three in a row. After you said you would lose none. You yeah, in the first years. ten. You said yes. ten, ten and oh. So it's four, four to three in the first seven years, which uh, I guess I'll sort of take it. Uh, busy one o'clock hour up ahead. We'll try to get to as many calls as we can on 94 WIP. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.